Hello, ladies and gentlemen, children of appropriate ages, to the Between Two Birds podcast. The date is March 7th, 2015. I'm your host, Cody Colston. I'm Connor Garcia. And with us, we have the man I like to consider the godfather of this podcast, uh, Birds Eye View's very own Jake English. How you doing, Jake? Very well. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. We're going to hop right into the Orioles news, and the big one, I think, coming out uh, in the past two weeks has been uh, Adam Jones clarifying his, uh, his I'm going straight to Peter, screw the middlemen tweet. And uh, Jake has some has some very strong opinions on this. Do you want to do you want to elaborate, Jake? Well, I, I don't know that I would call them strong opinions, and I'm not. I'm certainly wouldn't call them insights. But uh, when I saw the tweet come out, I didn't really feel like it was a very good look for for Adam Jones. Um, anybody who's who's seen a vague tweet or a vague Facebook post and been irritated by the middle school girl aspect of its, uh, of its nature. Basically, that's how I responded to Adam Jones. If there was something going on that he wanted to actually talk about, talk about it. Otherwise, not so much. Um, then when he was asked about it at spring training by some of the beat writers, he, he went on to, to clarify his, his vague tweet. And, uh, you know, he just kind of doubled down. And I didn't think it was, again, a very good look for Adam Jones. I didn't think that it, it looked very much like a professional act by a member of an organization. I thought it was, uh, you know, and I would have been okay with, with him lashing out on Twitter and then having some time to think about it and, and you know, in retrospect saying, hey, guys, I don't want to make this a big thing. I'm just here to play baseball type of deal. Uh, but instead he did elaborate, and it was it was basically everything that we all assumed it was anyway. I just, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not a huge story. It'll be over by the time we get to, to uh, opening day. It'll be forgotten about by the time he's trotting down the orange carpet, and I'm fine with that. I just, you know, as a small story in spring training goes, I didn't think it was a very good look for Adam. I agree. <laughs> um, it's it, Connor. You you had a, an opposing opinion, if I'm not mistaken. Do you wanna do you wanna hop on that, or you wanna? Uh, um, I just feel like since you are the face of the franchise, you can have some and take into what's actually going on, but not to where you're at every meeting and not focusing on the actual game at hand. Like right. just having a little bit of insight because you know he did lose um, his right field mate since he came to the Orioles and I feel like um he would want to know what was happening in those meetings when they were trying to you know re-sign Marcakis. I mean obviously it didn't work out and he's off to Atlanta to have his like second neck surgery or something right. so it's just um I think he could have a little bit of like track in what the organization does but not to where he's making big decisions or anything because right. that's never, obviously you never left up to whoever's in charge you never want a decision in the hands of the player like if if you would look at say well, we say take the nationals for example like bryce harper is probably the quote-unquote face of that team as of right now and do you think he has any say or any gets any recognition of what's going on in... no because he's like 16 years old exactly. he has he has no say in anything well i mean it's also kind of a slippery slope isn't it i mean sure you, you make a you make an exception for adam jones and, and you know We've seen this in the past. I mean, you know, obviously, franchise players that have been there for quite some time get this special treatment. You know, Jeter, I'm sure, got it. Ripken, of course, got it. Um, but you know, when when is the magic time? You know, what's the what's the uh, what, what's the official date at which you suddenly start getting the special treatment? Uh, and and frankly, if you're going to get that special treatment, 
maybe the organization gives it to guys that tow the company line. Maybe the organization gives it to guys who have put in uh, a lot of time and good behavior. And uh, I'm not sure that, that either of those qualifications is Mr. Jones just yet. Right. I agree. Yeah, uh, I kind yeah, I kind of agree on that too. Just but but I mean Connor to, to in all in all fairness, I mean I don't think it's it's crazy to say that, you know, a veteran um somebody who is the face of the organization, you know, uh, should feel that they should get some special treatment. I just um I just don't like reading about it. <laughs> and 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 further to that point, you know, a lot of people complain when ball players clam up and a lot of ball player a lot of people complain when ball players say, "You know what? I got burned one too many times in this Twitter thing. I'm stepping out of social media." So we are in a lot of ways spoiled in the way that Jones makes himself available and he does it just the way he does with the batter's box, which is he swings and he swings hard. And he does it all the way and sometimes it's a low and away slider and it gets the best of him and I think this was the slider. <laughs> well, well, didn't he say a little while ago that he was he quote unquote quit Twitter because he was uh, he got tired of reading all the criticism or something like that? I think he said that a while ago, and it's just weird that he comes out of nowhere. That's what came. That's what surprised me is that he came out of nowhere and said that of all things. Um, I think he's. I think he he said. I'm um, sorry to interrupt, but I think he said he was quitting Twitter or social media when the guy in San Francisco threw the banana at him uh, when he was in center field. Was he said something. Go ahead. He said something like, you know, I'm done with social media or whatever. And then he, he like, didn't delete any of his stuff. He just went back to it a couple of weeks later. It's still there. Yeah, it's – I think the, – the, oh, key, the key guy that I remember is uh, Chris Davis. You know, Chris Davis was active in Twitter and then got some attention that he didn't like and, you know, quit, turned it off, and then – Came back. Came back. And, Turn it uh, off again. Yeah, right. And right. And as soon as as soon as the the uh, the Adderall thing happened, he was like, nope, nope, closing up shop. I'm done. I'm done. And he's kind of wandered back into it. So uh, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe we should count our blessings that Jones is uh, loud and present. Yeah, right. I th- I think Chris Davis just came back because he ran out of um room on his phone, so he just started tweeting out all of his um, Bible verses, <laughs> so he can just delete them. <laughs> All right, um, moving in to actual uh, news. Well, I, I guess you could call this actual news. Uh, Jimenez had his first spring start uh, the other day, and this is the this is the quote that I like from him. He said, "If you see the scoreboard, you're probably like, oh, he was bad, but I wasn't. I felt like I had good control of my fastball, even though I hit two guys, but it was only two pitches that got away. All of the other pitches were really close, probably at the home plate." Wait, he actually said that? He said that, yes. That sounds like some kid making excuses for why he's terrible at baseball. <laughs> no, it sounds like a person describing something that wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I think the real shame of Valdo Jimenez's outing is that uh, Southern California, or Southern Florida, rather, is out of fire extinguishers. <laughs> uh, I love having you on here, Jake. You gotta come. You gotta come back later. That's untrue. I guarantee the moment people hear this, you will get uh, all sorts of hate mail. <laughs> we would get it mail then. We haven't gotten any hate mail yet. We haven't got <laughs> mail in general. So that's all good. But I, I'm, I'm big on Ubaldo. I think that the, the quote-unquote mechanical changes that they're making is uh, that he said that they made towards the end of last year. I thought they were going to be big this year, and it's only the, only, only the first spring start, so everything is kind of uh, – because, I mean, Bum, Bumgarner gave up the cycle on his first spring start. So anything can happen. Yeah, but what's he done? <laughs> yeah, he's done a lot of, you know, good stuff. True. 
True. I will give you that. But I think uh, I, I want to see more starts out of him. And, you know, my one of my big poll predictions, I haven't. I don't think I've said it publicly yet, but one of my things is I think he's going to actually make uh, a rotation spot legitimately. Like, he's going to beat out someone for a rotation spot, and I think that's that, that'd be great because then yeah. we'd make actual use of that money. Yeah, if, like, Miguel Gonzalez got, like, kidnapped, he would have <laughs> his spot. But um, I don't... <laughs> Eh, I don't see that happening. If Kevin Gosman's arm fell off. Yeah, just get he, it surgically manages, back on. Right, if he manages to squeeze Chris Tillman into the pothole he tripped over last year. <laughs> then he's got his rotation spot. I imagine Ubaldo Jimenez having this like A-team squad that is basically going to ensure that he gets a rotation spot by a series of unfortunate events happening to his, uh, <laughs> his uh, teammates. <laughs> I'll take it. Um... <laughs> Speaking of pitchers, the uh, the Orioles also uh, released Suckman Yoon. God, I I love that name. Suckman Yoon. He posted a five seven four ERA in ninety uh, ninety five and two thirds innings at Triple A ball last year, and a WHIP of one point five seven eight. And he, the Orioles granted him re- release once he asked. Jake has a, another opinion on that, but the Orioles will save. $4.3 million in salary in uh, what Yoon owned the team in the next two seasons. What, what was uh, what was your... What was well, your... first and foremost, I mean, I think this whole thing is a tragedy. I think it's a real shame because uh, Suckman Yoon is really just late. Because if this had happened in 2011 or 2010, a uh, minor league performance like that would have him in the majors and playing for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you know, back during the dark period, we were rushing anybody up with an arm, and uh, you know he probably knew that side of the Orioles, which is why he signed here. It's it's just a it's a shame for him that they don't suck now. I can't. <laughs> you and we hardly knew you. <laughs> and you say that he asked for his release, but the first thing we heard of all this was that the dude just hopped on a plane. <laughs> that was... I mean, he was he was just gone. It was just gone. All the beat reporters were like, uh, Yoon's on an airplane, and I, I guess he's gone. Like, nobody was stopping him. Nobody was like, Yoon, come back. Like, uh, did he even report to camp? Did he just not show up? And No. I don't, I don't think he did. Um, That's crazy. He just didn't show up, and, like, you think they would make a big deal of this. Like, somebody would say something like, Yoon's not here. Because everyone reported it was past the time. I think position players have already reported, and pitchers are supposed to be there a long time ago, and he's not there, and nobody's saying anything, and then, oh, he's gone. He's gone. No worries. Maybe we're wrong about this. Maybe they packed his bags. <laughs> I just find that one weird, because he didn't get um, a, at least an invite to the big league camp, and Mark Hendrickson did. Like, nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just like bragging rights. I mean, who who else has a grandfather on their team, really? Eh. Is, it, just he, goes, it, it just goes to show that you needed to father children earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you're playing on this team is if you have grandchildren. That's that's a great president to set. Pre- president, president, <laughs> president. I can't. I can't president, say president. There we go. Thank you. Um. In other news. Uh, the Orioles got the cops called on them. Uh, the the big thing that a lot of people were jumping on is that Buck was filtering in crowd noise from supposedly it was the game three of the AL- ALD, ALDS game two, game eighth two. inning. Delman Young, that double 
he, they had that crowd noise captured on tape or whatever, and they were feeding it into the stadium while the team was fielding pop-ups. And they got the cops called on them by their neighbor. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to take a nap over here. <laughs> that's, that's probably actually what it sounded like, considering it's Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Connor, have you, have you been to Sarasota, Connor? Yeah, and it's all yeah. old people. <laughs> that is it. It's old people and PT cruisers. That's all I see when I'm in Sarasota. And I've been twice. I don't... I think the... I think the... said the local resident... I, I can't find the tweet, but uh, he said later that like he was going to keep calling the cops if they kept on doing it or whatever. <laughs> okay, you know it's an old person when that is the case. <laughs> who, who lives next to a baseball stadium, though? I really want to know. Well, I mean, it's not used from April till like... February. Yeah. And, and there are houses really close by, like across the street oh, okay. from like at the outfield, like, and then there's a street and then there's like a residential area. But it's not, it's not new, right? Like Ed Smith, Ed's, I think it's been there a while, hasn't it? Ed's, Ed Smith Stadium was built in 1989, which meant that the person was probably still in their seventies when, when it was built. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, I, I don't know how you're surprised by a major, major League Baseball team occupying a stadium at that point. And making yeah. noise. Yeah. Well, before, I mean, they renovated it, and now they're selling out every game. So you'd think you'd be at least be used to some noise. True. Now. Now. Yeah. Like, it, could, it could be, though, that they're used to noise during game time and during pinnacle hour. Uh, they're not accustomed to crowd noise being blared uh, through the streets of Sarasota. And, uh, you know, after a few Tom Collins, no one will stand for that. Yeah, after a few Tom Collins and uh, um, Golden Girls Marathon, no, it's not even worth it. Don't you besmirch the Golden Girls. <laughs> oh, hey, man. <laughs> they got Betty White, and Betty White is amazing. So they're always they're always tops in my book. Wonderful. Uh, moving on to the, the last piece of quote-unquote news we have um our very own connor uh Gersio, Gers- I, I can't spell your i can't pronounce your last name i still can't gercio gercio there we go it's been five episodes and it's been five episodes and i still can't but anyway you have been hired by the orioles they have called you up i'm coming up from single a pasadena maryland um at wise at wise markets uh yes i will be part of the events event staff at camden yards this season so uh, can you give us a little insight to maybe what the the training, what the the training they have planned for you, or what you've already done? Um, so far, I got my two training days scheduled for the next two Mondays. Um, our orientation involved filling out of paperwork, reading a packet about all the steroids I'm not allowed to take because I am subject to the same random testing as the players. Um, since I am a employee for a MLB baseball team. I'm sorry, are they afraid of you uh, messing up the numbers and statistics of event staff? <laughs> no, they're afraid that I'm going to be on so many steroids that I'm just cleaning the seats too fast as an usher. Okay, because um, I wasn't <laughs> sure that you were going to be called upon to hit a curveball. <laughs> if, uh, if if you have a good day on the podcast, do, do, do they send a, a random letter to your locker after the next day? Yeah, I'll just get a... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'll get a letter saying, hey, can you come in uh, a little bit early today and just it's just drink some fluids before you come in? <laughs> uh, uh, All of our cups are really dry. Can you help us with that? 
Um, is is there what is your job pertaining exactly? Do you know yet, or is it just kind of this and that? Uh, for the first two months here, I'm just going to be all over the place. Whether it's usher, you know, kicking the keeping the drunk people out, um, security, uh, holding the sign on Utah Street saying "How can I help you?" Just anything with that. And then once June comes around, you can request to put in for a certain spot or that's where I got from my friend who already works there. Is there something you're gunning for? Um, ushering anywhere really just so you can watch the game <laughs> and just like, that's always keep, good. yeah, just keep an eye on the people. And then I would clean. find that really fascinating. I really would, because I've had, I, I will call it a, a hate, hate relationship with the ushers for my base, in, entire experience at Camden Yards. Um, because for a large portion of my Orioles viewership, the team was awful. It was unspeakably bad. And, you know, 9,000 of my closest friends and I would show up at a baseball game and an <laughs> usher would give me a terrible time about trying to, to move up to a seat that was completely unoccupied and obviously not going to be sold by the seventh inning. But still, I, I shouldn't have been able to sit there. And all I could think was, what are you thinking what could possibly <laughs> be going through now? I, now I'm, I, I give them an easier time because now there's demand uh, to go with the supply. Now they're, you know it's a it's a hot ticket to get into the Orioles game. Um, you know yeah. now there there is a lot of competition over over the good seats. So I, I get it. Um, so I'm I'm curious if you get to that uh, if you get to that highest star there of being the usher, I would very much like to hear about what the the training and some of the logic from the team is uh, concerning. Uh, I, what I want to know specifically is, do they teach you the dirty look that the ushers <laughs> give you as you walk? I think that comes with age because they are some pretty, you know, aged um, individuals. The, the cynicalness I think it com- just comes comes naturally. Yeah, like you hear the stories like, ah, it was at Memorial Stadium back in 19 blah, blah, blah. And then they come over to Camden and they are just bleh. But, um, you know, I've had good experience with ushers. My favorite one uh, was a guy on the club level. He would dress up in the uh, country boy outfit and dance oh, for yeah. the 7th Inning Church. Yeah, and he unfortunately passed away from lung cancer. So there goes the one good usher. Well, and, the, uh, the bird does it now. He dresses up in overalls and he has a fiddle or whatnot. Yeah, he does it sometimes. And that's because he, Charlie, his name was Charlie Zill. Yeah. He, would, he told the bird, hey, you should do this sometime. So he did. Um, and it was really awesome. And he, like, did magic for the kids and, like, made all the kids happy when the Orioles were doing terrible. So it was just a really, really cool thing, you know? I I actually have a a favorite usher story, and it was also a a club-level usher. Um, My eighth-grade literature teacher, who was one of my all-time favorite teachers, she was amazing, uh, was an usher at Camden Yards during the summers, which I didn't find out about until like too late in the process to really take advantage of. Um, so like, you know, I left, I left the, the middle school, went to the high school and then reconnected with her. And, and she told me about it. She's like, yeah, you should definitely just swing up. And if I've got extra seats, you know, they're yours. No problem. It's like, mm-hmm. awesome. So for a couple of summers, we, we did that. We would go and we, you know, knock on the door and say, Hey, we're here to see so-and-so they'd let us in. We'd go down to reception. It was, it was great. I saw a brawl, um, there in those seats, it was just like just cool. But then she retired, and she didn't really tell us. So you know, we knocked on the door and said, "Hey, we're here to see so and so." And the name recognition was still there, so we got in and we and we snuck in and we found seats. And we couldn't find her, 
And eventually we realized she had retired, but we kept doing it to, to try to get into the club section. And so uh, we did it once, and we, um, you know, we snuck into some seats, and uh, somebody stopped by and said, can I see your ticket? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I left it, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, it must so have fell out of my pocket. We were, uh, we were escorted from the club section and, and told never to return. Ooh, ouch. Ooh. Kind of, well, they didn't mean never, but I said don't try that again. Yeah. Um. I think the worst ushers I've experienced are at Nats Park. They are the meanest people I've ever met in my life, and they work at a baseball stadium. They just hate everything associated with working. Um, my main, like one of my two That's stories like half was of America. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like um, for Nats Park, they don't have it work till the Camden Yards where you can't go into other seats because they're blocked off with a fence you know, or you have a ticket to get through. They literally just stand ushers along the seating because it's all connected. So you can't pass them. So when a ball's hit there, they collect them and pocket them. So, and they don't give them out to anybody. And of course they're the biggest dick ushers in all of sports I've heard. So <laughs> like when they were terrible on, in like 2009, 2010, when the stadium first opened up, I would just go, I went to one game and I just wanted to sit, like, down the third base line because I had seats up in right field, like, upper deck. And I didn't want to sit there. So I just tried sneaking down to, like, one of the top rows. Guy comes right over, like, not even a couple seconds later and goes, where's your ticket? You're not allowed in this section. And then I got, you know, literally walked to the stairs and then I had to go up. Those, so, are, those are really good about that, about people, fans moving down when there's no, like, when nobody's sitting, like, late in the games. I know, like, late in the games will encourage fans to come down to the – the uh, the lower level seating, like some teams are good about it. Like I know the Yankees in particular. My sister went to uh, Yankee Stadium not too long ago, and like they have they have uh, big security guys sitting in those front rows. Like you can't like go down there unless you show them your ticket. Like it's crazy how how well secure they try to keep that uh, bottom section at Yankee Stadium. What are they securing? They don't have any good players anymore. <laughs> well, it's really important that they keep all those seats empty for TV. Yeah, like how they tried to move everyone forward during the playoffs because they didn't sell out. <laughs> I tell you, man, every time you watch a Yankees game, there are these you know golden thrones in that section all along, uh, you know, right behind the the plate, and it's always empty because the seats are like twelve hundred dollars or some something crazy like that. What I, I know that New York has a metropolitan area of like six million people or what, whatever it is, but come on, that's too much for a baseball game. That is way too much for a baseball game. Especially, like I, I remember seeing like Orioles fans in those seats, and I'm just thinking, where do they live? <laughs> do they live on like the Hawaiian Islands and just fly to New York randomly? Because uh, it blows my mind. I, t- I tell you what, though, it's definitely uh, eye-opening when you try to go to other stadiums. I, I just bought uh, tickets for the first time for an away game outside of Birdland. I say that because I don't consider Washington to be an away game. Um, <laughs> but it's the first time I will go and see the Orioles play in their away stadium. Uh, I got tickets uh, to go to Fenway Park, and it is really expensive. Like, the cheapest seat at Fenway Park is $27. <sighs> yeah, for bleacher it's, seats. Ugh. Orioles, it's like 14 isn't it? No, uh, cheapest seat, I think, is $10. Yeah, yeah, 8 or $10. Yeah. Oh. Student night's eight dollars actually. Oh. <laughs> what do you know? Th- it's not like you work for the team. Jeez, <laughs> gotta get to use that discount. 
Yeah, you get oh, you get forty percent discount on all food and store items. That's what surprised me when you tweeted that, like forty percent off store items. Like that's a lot of money because those items are expensive. They are. You'll probably get the actual retail price from other stores for the right. with the forty percent off. Right. If I had known that, I would have been sucking up to you a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell that to people, they're just like, "Hey, you, you think you can buy something for me? I just give you the money later." I'm like, uh, "They're going to be seeing a lot of me, and they're <laughs> going to be weirded out when I'm buying like women's and kids' clothes and crap, and I don't need them being like, hey, you 'Hey, taking advantage of this, you know, discounts.'" I'm like, "Nah, no, man. this, no, this is my lacy Orioles underwear. Now back off." <laughs> This is mine. <laughs> oh, does does not everybody have that? Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you can edit that right out. It's fine. I wonder. If, oh no, it's staying there. It's staying would, under there. <laughs> would Camden Yards ever sell Orioles underwear? I think they would. I mean, they sold Jeter shirts when he was. Yeah to to make to make a dollar, sure. Uh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you must you must pay tribute to Peter Angelus. It's the only way. Peter is a nice man. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> he he is a nice man. Um, I hear Adam Jones goes straight to him. It's because screw the middleman, you know. Oh, all right. I think that that wraps it up for the the Oreo segment of this podcast. We would like to b- extend a big thank you to our Godfather, Mister Jake English of the That's Birds. Such crap. You guys are great. Thank you very much for having <laughs> the Birds, Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Bird's Eye View is only, very only Jake English. You can check him out at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com, is it? Mm-hmm. All right, you can find him and Scott Magnus, and they're on a bi-weekly basis now or weekly? Oh, no, we are weekly nonsense. Weekly nonsense, your official source of lack of insight and baseless opinion. Again, thank you so much, Jake. Gentlemen, thank you so much, and keep it up. We love hearing it. Awesome, man. Always. All right, we will be right back with uh, the Ravens segment and our hate of the week. Stay tuned.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Between Two Birds podcast. We're gonna lead off this segment with our hate of the week. Uh, I don't, you don't have one, Connor, right? I do not. Okay. There's nothing I hate this week. <laughs> what I'm hating this week, and we'll get into this a little bit later. Um, Kerry Williams expressed the fact that he wanted to come back to the Ravens, and my hate of the week goes towards him because I hate Kerry Williams with a burning passion. He is one of the most talkative players who cannot back it up. Like he he talk he when he was at the Ravens I remember him talking like he was Richard Sherman when he's not he is far from it I hate Kerry Williams he he had the only reason he got a big payday from Philly was because he had a lot of interceptions but if you watch the film he got penalized so much he got penalized almost as much as Frank Walker for those who remember him and I absolutely hate Kerry Williams. I do not want him back on the Ravens. I do not want him in the football, in the NFL. He can go to Canada. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> There's nothing I hate this week. This is a first. <laughs> this is this is new for you. Um, just, we're gonna hop right into some Ravens news. Uh, actually, like an hour ago, Torrey Smith announced on his blog that he will no longer be a Raven. He hasn't been officially signed by another team. Uh, he's ex- the He's expected to sign with the 49ers. Those, they have been the uh, front runners for a couple of days now. And uh, what Tori said on his blog, he says, I will be playing for a different organization, but I will remain committed to the city of Baltimore. I will continue to give back and help build a better future for our young men and women. My commitment to the city is for life. And that's in all caps. Didn't it, like Nick Marquez say the same thing and then come out in spring training saying, don't listen to the Orioles, they're full of shit. <laughs> that's the... <laughs> That's a different thing, I would like to think, because, I don't know. I feel I feel like the situation is different with Nick, but... Because Nick basically said Baltimore is his home, or whatever crap they spew out when they leave, but... I think he has, I think Nick has a problem with Duquette, because, like, someone pointed out in his goodbye thing, he never uh, addressed Duquette, he never said Duquette by name, he said Buck, he said Brady Anderson, I think... Said all his teammates. He never said anything about Duquette. So I think Nick has resentment towards Duquette. But uh, Tory Smith, he talked about Ozzy Newsome and Steve Viscotti in his in his uh, blog post. So I think he's fine with that. I think he understands that a little bit better. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. I'm just trying to spitball there. Just yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, it's he. I think the 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 news was that a while ago the or uh, the. God, I can't talk today. I apologize. Um, the Ravens offered him five years, thirty-five million, and that is a lot. That's a good amount. I think that was a that's a fair value for him. But um, with Ra- him hitting the open market, and then Randall Cobb getting ten million a year, which I do not think Torrey Smith is worth anywhere near what Randall Cobb is to the Packers. Um, he's pro- Torrey Smith is probably going to get a bigger contract than he was going to get with us. Uh, if it's if it's like one or two mil, I'm going to be kind of disappointed in that. Um, but it is what it is. He had his worst year of his career last year. He only had 49 receptions, 767 yards. Um, in that respect, that was his, that's been career low for him on both sides of that, but he had the, a career high in touchdowns, which is 11. So there's always that, but it, it, he's not, I wouldn't, I would never call Torrey Smith a number one receiver. He's a number two at best. He's he can not, be number, he can be number one in Madden when you up his stats. <laughs> Or up his, like, skill set. <laughs> I'm guilty of doing that. Um, but he's he's not a number one receiver, um, I don't think. Uh, it's 
it, he doesn't command a double team like a number one would. I think that's the biggest telltale sign of being a number one receiver is commanding that double team from uh, on a defense. So it's I'm kind of depressed that he's gone. I I I, I said on Twitter, you know, I got to stop getting attached to athletes because tugging at my heartstrings here. Because as soon as as soon as uh, if they let go and out of this season, or uh, they, they let him go, or they trade him, or he retires, or whatever's going to happen with him. I will officially be heartbroken and I will feel old because the first year I started watching football, Nada was a rookie. I think that was 06, if I'm not mistaken. So, athletes tug at my heartstrings too much. The only athlete I would be upset if they left the Orioles would be Adam Jones right now. Like, he just decided to just, like, retire from for no reason. Or... Yeah. Poor just, versus Michael Jordan, go play football. <laughs> exactly, or go play like basketball or golf or something. I think he actually does play golf. If not, I like a lot of the Orioles play golf because they have a, um, a charity benefit in Sarasota. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And he just like randomly shows up on the PTA tour. It's like, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play now. <laughs> the, screw, sh- screw the middleman. The PTA tour. The PGA. You said PTA. What? I. <sighs> <laughs> still, I'm the still. The Parent Teacher Association golf tour. I'd yes. get money to see that. Really, I would. It's, it's just a bunch of 40-year-old white women trying to play <laughs> golf. <laughs> oh, moving on. Um, another former Raven uh, is well, – I wouldn't say uh, – uh, former whatever. A former Raven is retiring, Jarek Johnson. I wrote a piece about him on BSR. He's He's one of my all-time favorite players. I love him because of his story and just what he did for the Ravens. He spent – uh, I believe the past two or three, I think it's the past two years with the Chargers, um, he officially announced his retirement. He signed a one-day contract to be a Raven and retire. Uh, he said that uh, it would be an honor to retire a Raven even when we weren't there. We were always pulling for them, always wanting them to do the best for them, always wanting to see them succeed. It was always home, and that gave me the warm and fuzzies. Um, just, that's, I mean, that's not much more than that. Uh all-time favorite player, and well, not all-time, one of my all-time. You got anything to say, Connor? I don't. I don't think you do. I remember watching him like destroy Ben Roethlisberger once when he sacked him. That's the only. Are you thinking of Bart Scott? Was it Bart Scott? I think I it, it was Bart Scott. That big hit that one year. That was Bart Scott. The, the... Uh, was it Jared Johnson? No, that was Ray Lewis. They like bum rushed Philip Rivers. That yeah, that was that was Ray Lewis. See, that's the that's the thing I like about Jared Johnson. He was never in the spotlight, but he was a big contributor on that defense. He was the he was the left edge setter. He got that he set the edge so other people could do their job and hit that left side very hard. And that's one of the big times I he he uh <laughs> sorry I cannot speak today. Um, but it, the biggest play, I think, it was the one. I, I, it's, it's actually on that article. It's uh, Jared Johnson. He laid out Heinz Ward. He know he he like laid in the Heinz Ward when he was wasn't looking before they before they had the Heinz Ward rule, and he gave him a taste of his own medicine. It's always great. Uh, anything else you got to say on that? Um, I feel like I've just basically lumped all the Ravens linebackers from the mid two thousands together. Like, yeah, they all did that together, basically. Dallas Thomas, Peter Bulware. Yeah, yeah, all of them. In <laughs> um, other, other more depressing news, uh, Chris Canty and Jacoby Jones have both been cut from the Ravens. Uh, with Chris, Chris Canty, the Ravens save a little, 
under three mil a year uh, against their cap, and with Jacoby they save a little under one million. Jacoby has already resigned uh, has already signed a contract with the uh, Chargers, and uh, last I heard, Chris Canty is visiting the Jets. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. That's the only thing I know about the Jets besides butt fumble. Calm down there, fireman. I'd... <laughs> hey, he retired, and that made me sad. Well, it's because he hated the fans, because they were giving him so much shit. And you know it's bad when you give your super fan shit and he quits. So, <laughs> um, Chris Canty, I, I don't think he ever became what we wa- what the Ravens wanted him to be. Um, he was definitely he 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 was a body, I would say. You know, he wasn't great. He wasn't below average. He was a body. He did his job. Uh, he had two and a half sacks in his two years here. Um, he, only, he only had two sacks? Two and a half. Did, was he just, like, not there? Did he just, like, stand on the field? Well, he was a defensive end, and pretty much a defensive end in a 3-4 scheme is, like, a tackle almost. Uh, a defensive okay. tackle. Yeah, the, 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 the edge rushers are supposed to be uh, the outside linebackers in a 3-4 scheme. That's where Doomerville and Suggs get all their yes. sacks from. Okay. Um, but, eh, it, it's... It's a what could have been story for me. I, I was I was a big I was big on that Chris Canny signing because I thought he was one of those gems in the rough that uh, Ozzie Newsom is so known for. Um, Jacoby Jones on the other hand, he, he's your favorite player, isn't he? He's my favorite Raven. <laughs> uh, he's my, he my favorite Raven just because he's on Dancing with the Stars and he would dance after every touchdown. Um, I will, he will be remembered for that glorious, uh, playoff run in 2012. Yeah. I remember, um, when I did root for the Ravens, um, my friend is a Broncos fan. I remember uh, Jacoby made that catch when they tied it up in the fourth quarter and he just texted me a sad face. And I I just like (laughs) ran around my house screaming. Uh, oh, I love that. I I just, it's so, I remember watching that. It's just, ah. And then the, the his Super Bowl when he he knocked the lights out. Just, oh. He he knocked the lights out. Beyonce didn't. Yeah, Beyonce like led up to it, and Jacoby Jones just took the house down. Pretty much. Um, yeah, I I I don't really understand this from a roster move. I mean, they save a little bit of money, but I guess it's the fact because he wasn't on the field that much last year. They were more going to guys like uh, Michael Campanera, Marlon Brown, I think, was on the field more than him. And Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken, yeah. Um, and his only real value was a returner, which you don't want to be paying a returner three mil a year. So, I guess they're trying to get savings wherever they can because it, their cap situation is all kind of fuzzled. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, moving on, Lordarius Webb was asked to pay, take a pay cut, which he should, in my opinion, because he is not worth the dollar value he was given. He has a twelve million dollar cap hit, um, but the Ravens don't have much leverage in a restructure because if they cut him, they only save two million. Um, I'm sure they would love to restructure him, considering how how uh, thin the uh, secondary is. Um, uh, there was a there was something floating around on Twitter. I was reading. A, you know, he, they. I think someone said they were reaching on this, but he might be pushed back to safety if the Ravens do end up taking a corner. Which 
uh, wouldn't surprise me if they did, but with Torrey Smith leaving, I'm more expecting of a wide receiver now, even though I hate, I do, I am scared because of Ozzy's, uh, uh, track record when it comes to, uh, drafting receivers. But, uh, Webb should, I mean, we should, I want him to take a pay cut, but he probably isn't. Um, he, he's probably not going to go anywhere if he doesn't. It's kind of one of those things. Um, anything else? Hmm? I just have one question. Is moving a player from corner to safety the equivalent of taking them out of center field and moving them to a corner outfield spot when they get older? Kind of, sort of. Just um, because they can't cover. Yeah, it's, it's more for players who have lost a step. And the thing with that, the thing with it is it's not always, it doesn't always work. Because like in baseball, more than, more than often it always works. You know, you move a guy, it's not going to have any effect on him really. He's just playing in a different part of the outfield. Mm-hmm. But... With football, it's a little bit more of a tough learning curve. Uh, they did it with... Who did they do it with? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh. Uh, Rod Woodson. That's right. He was he was the big one. He was, he was the one that everyone looked to because he was a corner when he started off his career. And then once he got older, the Steelers moved him to safety. And he was fantastic there. He was Ed Reed-esque, I would say, when he was out there. But he, he was like an Ed Reed who could tackle. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what everyone always points to. Say, oh, just do that. It doesn't always work like that. Um, I, I, I can't. I, there's a more recent example, but it's not coming to mind. But it doesn't always work. Oh, it was. Um, shoot, I can't remember his name. It was uh, the guy the Ravens signed who was on the Raiders. Um, who got burned uh, in that Peyton Manning uh, when Peyton Manning threw six touchdowns against us. Can't remember uh, his name. Hold on, I have to look that up. I'm trying to think Raider to Raven because it's usually the other way around. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I feel I feel uh I feel embarrassed. Um shoot. Uh, Michael Hoff, that's it, that's his name. Yeah, he was a corner. Or no, he was a safety who moved a corner. That's what it was. Okay, never mind. That's a bad example. But he was a safety who moved a corner because the uh, the Raiders were so uh, their corners were so thin. Thin they moved uh, him to corner when they didn't have anybody else. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, that's a bad example, but my it still stands. It's very hard to move that, and that's why I think that's why a lot of teams don't really do that. So there's that. Yeah. The only thing I have to say about Lardarius Webb is he's the only Ravens player who was on like billboards all throughout the city. <laughs> it wasn't Joe Flacco. He's on like First Mariner, but that doesn't really count. Like he, like Lardarius Webb was on like the um, Play Sixty NFL charity oh, billboards. Yeah, all over the city, and it's like out of all the players on the Ravens, you know, like uh, Joe Flacco when Torrey Smith was still there. Um, you know, Justin Tucker, they picked Largarius Webb. Do they just go by contract size? I, I don't know. It's probably whoever wanted to do it and probably, like, one of those deals. Yeah, probably. I, I don't think Flacco is a big on the spotlight. He'd, he'd rather take the local commercials where he can't act. Hut, hut, pizza hut. <laughs> I'm trying to think what other commercials he's been in. Or so, I mean, he did um, the McDonald's the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Oh, Pittsburgh. Those were, those were all, me and my friends just imitate those all the time. Pittsburgh. Um, I'm, what were, 
the Ravens always have the really bad commercials. Like Anada has the really bad. Oh yeah, I love I love the Windows commercial he does where he dresses up as the sun. That's my oh. favorite commercial. I love it. They have another one where they do Ryan Kerrigan for the Redskins because I guess it's like a DMV type deal. Yeah, and because um, that's Thompson Creek, and they're out of like they can be out of DC and they're out of parts of Maryland because gotcha. like the the Caps do stuff with them too. Gotcha. But it, I love that commercial. <laughs> My favorite, um, my favorite, just Ravens themed commercials were the Maryland Lottery seats for life. The dude's just like, "Excuse me, excuse me, can I just squeeze by? Excuse me, I think I know that guy." Oh my god! I, oh, <laughs> I won these seats for twenty years. <laughs> oh lord, that's 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 glorious. Uh, moving on. Um, oh yeah. Potential free agents that I would we were I was going to talk a little bit about. Uh, well, we already did Kerry Williams. I think I don't want him back on the Ravens. He's a scumbag. Hate him. Uh, I'm not sure what that would look. What uh, the plans are for him? I, I doubt he comes back if, unless the Ravens are really want that last corner that fit in there. But I since Torrey Smith is gone, I really want the Ravens to take a look a hard look at Andre Johnson because I think he's in the same vein as Steve Smith. Like he's that he's an older guy and he still has something to prove. But the thing is, I think when he gave the trade list to the Texans, he, I think his number one, he wanted to go to New England. Well, I mean, who, honestly, who wouldn't? Because they just won the Super Bowl and they do have, still have top talent. True. Um, yeah, he's definitely ring chasing. I will give him that. I don't blame him for that. Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, after, you know, a couple good seasons in Houston, but never over the top, I would, I would do ring chasing immediately. Um, I think the the Texans even said like they wanted to reduce his role, and they told him like forty catches a season. He was going to be a slot receiver or something like that. I I don't blame him for asking to be cut or traded. Well, if he's looking for a lot of catches, he's not coming to the Ravens. I'll tell you that. Well, no, they're because... probably going to spread it out more. That that's why they might not take a wide receiver. Is what I'm thinking is because they have guys like Kamari and Marlon Brown and uh, Michael Campanera. They want to give more. They want to spread those guys out a little bit more, and then they still have Steve Smith. So. Yeah. Is this the last year of Steve Smith's contract, or does he have one more year? Um, I th- Hold on. Let me check. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Sh- I think it's a two-year, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to say definitely. Uh, he has. A three-year uh, contract. Three-year, yep. He's- oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so he's a Raven for another year, at least. Well, this year and next year. <clears throat> How old is he? Thirty six. Yeah, he's thirty five. Thirty five. Okay, I'm he's going to be thirty six. Okay, and then he's gonna, geez, he'll be thirty seven when he's done with us. That's crazy. He still plays like a twenty five year old. He sometimes. does. He he actually he had the most drops on the Ravens last year, which you wouldn't expect if you watched him play. So that kind of threw me off a little bit, but he still makes a lot of he makes enough plays to kind of negate that. <clears throat> Yeah, I feel like he fits perfectly for the Ravens. That kind of, you know, I'm pissed off for greatness mentality, like Ray Lewis had for his whole career. Yeah, I, I don't. He his mouth gets kind of annoying though. I'm not gonna like. He's a, someone said. I think he said it himself. He's like, if you, if I play for you, you love me. If I don't, you hate me. That's the kind of the thing they have with him because he runs his mouth way too much for me. It's that sounds kind of douchey. And the the whole thing with the Panthers last year. It, it did get annoying for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to talk trash, 
I want it to be like Richard Sherman because I, that that's the only reason I, I put up with Richard Sherman because I he's funny when he does it. Well, and Richard he backs Sher- it up. Yeah, Richard Sherman went to Stanford, so he has smart trash talk. <laughs> that too. Um, but I, I've always said it before with trash talking. You know, it, it's got to be good, and then people complain about them doing it in general. It's like I watch football to be entertained. Richard Sherman is entertaining, therefore I like it. Exactly. And Sherman's probably my favorite non-Giants Ravens player, just because he's so fun to watch and he backs it up, yeah. uh, backs up all his talk. Um, I think that wraps it up for football news. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't really. Oh, well, there was the big news of Sue got a huge contract from the Dolphins. I'm gonna skim over that. McCoy like, went to Buffalo. LaShawn McCoy. Oh yeah, I, he got traded for Kiko Alonso. I and, think that's a, that was a steal for Buffalo because. Kiko Alonso has had some injury problems. I he mean, didn't even he didn't even play last year. Yeah, he had, he had torn ACL. Yeah, he's so. had some injury problems, and I get what the Eagles were doing is because Lashawn McCoy probably has one or two more good years left in him, if that. And they sold him while he was high, which is what you should do with running backs, in my opinion. Because, but they didn't get what they could could get for him. Um. I mean, Alonzo is a good linebacker, but McCoy is like top tier running back right now. He struggled a little bit last season, but I feel that the new Chip Kelly system probably could have done that to you. True. That's that's another thing about Chip Kelly system. They they just signed Frank Gore, and as I see it now with Frank Gore's age, he's about an average running back. In Kelly's system, he's going to be an above average running back. Yeah. So. And that's why like Mark Sanchez was somewhat reputable for a little bit. Yeah. Before Nick, after Nick Foles got hurt, I don't know. Honestly, you know, my girlfriend turned me to a New York Giants fan. I love that they don't have to play LeSean McCoy anymore. <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty right. sure Redskins fans are happy about it, and Cowboys fans. Right. All right. I think that wraps up Ravens news. Do you want to go into uh, pop culture corner? Let's do it. Right. You can you can start again. Uh, okay. Mm, what if I? Oh. Last night, I started on the new Netflix series, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I was going to talk about the same thing. Yes. I, I watched it the whole thing in one night. <laughs> I, have, I haven't, I haven't, well, I've only, I think I'm just through episode five. But it, it, I, Tina Fey is amazing. I love T- her. Tina Fey is a genius. That show is so good. I, <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend you watch it because it, it's, it's hilarious. It's like, it's just it's kind of it kind of it's just like Thirty Rock. I never watched Thirty Rock the whole way through, but it gives me that vibe Thirty Rock did, and that's what a lot of people have been saying. So, yeah, it reminds me because it, it is a Tina Fey show. They do have a lot of NBC name drops because I feel like she still has a good relationship over there, so she can just use the logo, you know, <laughs> wherever she wants. Yeah. Um, but I watched like the whole thing in one night, and it was hilarious. I love the girl that plays I forget her name Ellie Kemper. She was on The Office for, like, a couple seasons. Oh, she plays Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I yeah, yeah, her. I remember her. Yeah, she's the girl from The Office. Yeah. I loved her character. I loved her as an actress. And I, I, she was in um, Bridesmaids, I think, too. Okay. And I've never was, seen Bridesmaids. Oh, it's, a, it's funny because it was before Melissa McCarthy became the same character yeah. in every movie. That's, 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 what, that's why I don't like Melissa McCarthy because she's... She's the same character every time. Her doing um, the band down by the river skit on SNL 40 was just painful to watch. I still haven't seen this. The only thing I saw from SNL 40 
was Jeopardy, and I think that's the only thing I needed to see. Oh, so, oh I love this now, Forty. Because it was Will Ferrell um, back as Alex Trebek, and uh, I forget his name. Norm Macdonald as Burt uh, uh, Reynolds. Burt Reynolds with the Turd with Ferguson. the Turd Ferguson. I'm sorry. <laughs> and of course, um, the, uh, I forget his name. He does the announcing now for SNL because Don Pardo passed away. Um, he was on this show for like 15 seasons. He plays, um, the Sean Connery, the Sean Connery. Yeah. yeah. Les tits. No, <laughs> it's all French. Yeah. I think the main guy that writes those skits is the, um, Jimmy Fallon's like sidekick on the tonight show. Uh, and he's a genius. Um, no, it's, uh, if I, I remember correctly. It was Norm Macdonald's the big one on the SNL skit. Actually, he writes. He wrote most of those. He write. I think he writes that. But there's someone that writes those category names, and uh, they always. Okay. And I remember that Chris Rock didn't want to do the um, Bill Cosby. So uh, they yeah, put Ken- no, no, to, no, it was Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy didn't want to do the Bill Cosby. Eddie Murphy, yeah, and then they put Keenan Thompson on, and I yeah. think that was just great because I love Keenan Thompson <laughs> for the weirdest reason because he was on. Um, he was in Go Burger, and he was on like every Nickelodeon show when I was growing up. So I was like, "He's on SNL now. I love this show." <laughs> no, um, they actually, uh, Kel from Keenan and Kel actually just did uh, an AMA on Reddit, and I was <laughs> watch. I, I looked at that, and like one of the top answers is like, "Kel, do you love orange soda?" He's like, "Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, I do." <laughs> ah, I love that show. Um, what else, uh, pop culture wise? What else have I been doing? Um, hmm. Not much, really. I've been busy with school and whatnot. I haven't had much time for uh, what I've been, what other other things I could be doing. Uh, do you got anything you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I watched all of Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. It was a great show. Um, I loved the older woman that owns the apartment. Oh, L- yes, she was hilarious. Um, and I've been watching, um... Ed, Ed, Nettie again, because they put it on Netflix. The oh, they third, have? I thought the it was third, just the first two seasons. The third and fourth season. Oh. So I started to watch that again in a little bit, and it reminds me of my childhood. And it was just amazing. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up for this podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, at the other underscore Cody. You can find Connor at Connor Garcio. Um you can find you can find the podcast handle. It's between two birds with the two, uh, with the number with the number two. Number two, yeah. Um, I'm going. I'm going to. Th- I'm trying to dabble in something with Andre Ethier because that's another thing that's been popping up. We didn't cover with the Orioles with uh, Jake. Um, on, uh, the Dodgers said they would uh, take about half his salary, and I'm gonna talk. About, I want. I'm gonna see if I can get something out with that. You got anything you want to plug that might be coming out soon? Um, I was going to do a – I was planning out predictions for the um, standings for the season. So I'll probably – if it gets the approval, that will be on BSR pretty soon. Okay. Uh, and I have a little thing on Jarrett Johnson. You can find that on BSR. It's been up for a little bit. It's called Ode to Jarrett Johnson. Um, that's there. Oh, and and go, if you haven't followed the Orioles Spastics, I recommend you go follow them because I may – because they finally hit 1,000 uh, followers on Twitter – and I said a, about a one baseball season ago that I would make a Ryan Flaherty tribute video if they hit 1,000 followers on Twitter. 
and they did, and I made it, and it's up on their Twitter, and if you haven't seen it, go see it, because everyone loves it. I loved that video. I love that. <laughs> I love that my Photoshop made it into <laughs> the the respect. Yeah, yeah that's, I, at the, that's at the very end. Yes, I've made that. People, I told even Ryan Flaherty knows I made it. So all you people making money money off of it. Well, can... Oriole, Orioles memes were the ones who stole it, weren't they? Yeah, Orioles memes. Yes, yeah. they 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 stole it, made T-shirts out of it, and just like denied the whole thing after I called them out on it and. They block, did they block you? Yep, they blocked me. <laughs> but it's good because th- their page is like really bad anyway. In my <laughs> oh, God. opinion, shots fired. Shots are being fired. <laughs> I, it's run by like a bunch of like high school kids, so that pretty much says everything you need to know. And it's a meme it's page. Memes were popular bank in what two thousand two thousand ten. Gotta get some bank <laughs> memes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for this podcast. Uh, We're on a bi-weekly basis, so we'll see you guys back in two weeks. And whenever you're listening to this, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.